Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not confuse you. It's a trap! Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of the Geek Shell Inherit Podcast. I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Jason Lindsay. And, boy, summer is it's rolling up on us. Summer like is Like a here. freight train. As they say. Yep, it's, it's, it's definitely here. It's, uh... The weather's changing, people are angry, they're honking a lot, summer movies are out, it's definitely here. But you know... But, but we are, because uh, we're, we're recording this on the 19th, we're exactly one month away from Comic-Con. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it starts on the 19th, Comic-Con's I believe. coming? Yeah. <laughs> are you going this year? Good old Comic-Con. Yeah, I'll be there, mm. I guess. Like I say, I always have such mixed emotions about it. I know. You know, because, well, part of it, too, and and um, this is total spoiled babydom, but, like, by the time I get to, like, midway through it, I already start to get kind of sad because it really is that that place where, I know this sounds totally corny, uh, but it is that, that place where you just feel like everybody's cool, like everybody's going to be cool with each other, and everybody's there because they they have a love for this stuff. I don't know what you could compare it to, but like, it's, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of, you know, genre stuff you can compare it to. But unlike, you know, going to a, a game at a stadium or something, you know, there's a possibility that violence is going to break out. Or maybe someone's had a few too many beers or uh, someone chokes on their peanuts or whatever. Right, right. But uh, this kind of event, it's just like everybody's just there because they love this stuff. And, um, you know, it, it, it really is the kind of thing if, if any of us know what it was like having that secret handshake, you know, of, of digging stuff and having to find, you know, certain friends or people that might be into the same stuff that you're into. Um, this is the place where, it, you know, finally we've grown up and everybody is, you know, it's just, it's just out there. And so, I mean, I always get kind of wistful driving away when you, when you, when you, you know, head back home uh, from it. But when you're there on Saturday and it's just, you can't get to the next aisle, because there's so many people. Oh yeah, I want. Like, a, I can't get out of here fast enough. I want to machine gun the entire place. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. It's just um, it's not for the claustrophobic. That's for sure. Yeah. So also today, because it's the 19th, this is the 22nd anniversary of Batman Returns. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you what's, Isn't that crazy? what's weird about that is I was working at the Mall of America at the time, and I was working at the flagship, the first Warner Brothers studio store that opened in the Mall of America. Oh, wow. And it was massive, and I was working. Well, yeah. I was working, Everything Mall of America is big. Oh, yeah. And I was working in the gallery. I mean, this was when – this wasn't just when this store opened. This was when the mall opened. Oh, okay. So it was all brand new, and it was crazy. And they used to have, I don't know if you remember it that well, but they used to have those giant monitors that made up one giant screen. 
that uh-huh, would run, uh-huh. you know, cartoon clips or trailers or whatever, and they would run the trailer for Batman Returns. You know, every it was on, it was on a loop of all these bits of information. Yeah. And the screen, the woman that was the manager, like this thing was so loud, it would give me migraines. The screen was so loud, like you could enter the mall, you could enter the Mall of America, the the you know, the the opposite corner of the mall and start walking towards Warner Brothers. And within a couple of stores, you could hear, <laughs> you could hear the, the Warner Brothers volume. It was so ridiculous. Loud. So when the store opened, there were uh, props that got sent along from Batman Returns. Oh, nice. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess I can talk about this now. <laughs> oh, we can. Because the statute of limitations is up? <laughs> we can laugh about it now. <laughs> Man, I spent weeks and weeks concocting a scheme to try to steal a batarang, <laughs> one of the wow. prop batarangs, how I could get this out of the store. Because they checked your bags, you know, when you, when you left the store, if you had like a, you know, a backpack or something. Yeah. Uh, it turns out they should. Yes, it turns out, you know, I was that guy that they should have been, been looking out for. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of became pals with a guy. And I almost had him in on the on the on the scheme with me. He was really close. He was a really nice kid, and I was clearly a bad influence because he had no intentions until I started saying, "Yeah, but if we took this thing, um, I never did it, of course." But um, uh, that was a that was a fun time. That was a big because you remember the the first sort of the first Warner Brothers catalogs when those kind of hit. Oh yeah. Did we talk about this ever on the show? I don't, I don't think we talked about the catalog because no. I still have a handful. I have Oh, that's cool. I have like the one that came out for Batman. And on the cover is like it's like one of the first catalogs. On the cover is like Batman and Bugs Bunny and Gumby and there was some Beetlejuice merchandise in there, but then the Batman stuff, they had the prototypes of all the Toy Biz Batman toys. Yeah. And do you remember those two statues? There was a statue of of Nicholson and uh, in the beret they're right, yeah, yeah. And then one of Keaton that was painted. Yeah. They had that set, and then they had one that was just a bronze uh, statue of Keaton that was like limited to like 50 pieces or something. Um, stuff like that. It was, and then before you know, within a couple of years, they actually had, you know, uh, physical stores. Yeah. But that was a big deal. The Warner Brothers thing was like the sort of the, the answer to, you know, like an edgier Disney store, sort of. Right, right. I guess is the one way to to put it. Um, wow, so 22 years ago, Batman. Yeah. Wow, that's that's funny. You know, it's funny you say that because I don't think we talked about this last episode, or we didn't get to it. Have you seen the trailer for Birdman? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it, it came out the next day after we recorded. Okay, so we didn't talk about it. So for those We did not talk about those it. Those of you out there that don't know, there's a film coming out by uh uh Juan Carlos Jobim. What's the guy? Who's the director? I don't know. Uh, Inaratu or someone who did Itu Mama, Yo Mama. I don't know what movie he did. No, you know what he did? He did 21, 21 Grams, I think, was the movie he did. Okay. Maybe Babel. I don't know. Um, but the gist of the movie, it's Michael Keaton, uh, and he is playing an actor who some 20-some years before in this story – uh, had the lead role of a superhero in a superhero movie, uh, I think called Birdman, 
And now all these years later, he's like down on his luck uh, trying to, you know, mount an off-Broadway production or something. Uh, It looks fantastic. The trailer looks trippy and weird and really good. Keaton looks great. It's Michael Keaton, Emma Stone, Zach Galifianakis, uh, Ed Norton, I think, is in it. Yes, he is. Loads of people. It's a great... He fights him in his underwear. It's a great cast. And what's funny is, I don't know what... I think something led me to YouTube, which, you know, when you go on YouTube, it's like going on IMDb. You just, like... You, you, you go there to look one thing up, and yeah. the next thing you know, you've been on there for four hours, like, finding weird clips and shit. Yeah, and yeah. There, I don't know if you saw this, because I didn't see it when it aired. He was on Letterman not too long ago for that movie Need for Speed. Yep. Did you happen to catch his appearance? Uh, I think I did, yeah. This is what I love. Keaton, you know, I remember Ron Howard once being on Letterman or Carson or something. And at the time, he had worked with Tom Hanks uh, and Splash. Maybe just the one thing. But he'd worked with Keaton in Night Shift and Gung Ho. And I think it was Carson or someone said, what's the difference between, you know, working with those guys, Tom Hanks and Michael Keaton? And I'll never forget this. Ron Howard said, oh, they're both, you know, really nice guys and very funny. The difference is Keaton is just funny. He's just always funny. Hanks more would sort of find the funny or like riff off of you a little bit. But Keaton is just... He went on about how quick he was and, and sharp. And it feels like he's been on Letterman, you know, since the early 80s. He's been like a no, totally semi-regular. Not. Well, he's he's on this for this Need for Speed thing. And it is two segments. And you've you got to go and look at this clip, this YouTube thing, because it's freaking hilarious. And it's just – you just get the feeling it's a couple of old friends that are just having a wonderful time. And I remember him on Letterman – when he, anybody wants to look, go look for the YouTube clip of him on Letterman for Batman Returns. And these guys go, he and Letterman go completely off script and they're just cracking each other up. And it's so fun to, to see. And it just, Keaton, he just looks so great. And you and I are such, you know, fans of his, um, that it's just great to see him doing stuff. And, um, so that led me to this YouTube thing to see him, this Letterman clip, which was uh, hilarious. And then I watched that trailer, like, Three or four times. It looks, yeah, it's trippy. It's a trippy trailer. Yeah, I, I think it, it looks it looks weird and it's and it's going to be cool. And oddly enough, while we're on the topic, uh, I just found my um, unmasked Michael Keaton Batman figure, uh, Mattel figure. Oh, nice! And he looks pretty. He looks mine looks good. Oh, it doesn't have the wonky eye. No, doesn't have a wonky. I mean, it's 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 a it's a very basic soft sculpt and a very soft you know paint job, but he's not yep. all. He's not all derpy. It's it's a it's a it's a nice little little figure. Uh, That's good. But yeah, that boy. All of this is making me feel very old. But uh, <laughs> we got lots to talk about because that makes me think of something I forgot to tell you about. Uh, 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 Empire Magazine's 301 Greatest Movies of All Time. Oh, okay. We shall get to this in a moment because it's it's very relevant. But first and foremost, let's do what we always do every week. Yes. And uh, give the floor over to Mr. Pickett by asking, what are you excited about? Oh, well, uh, last week I was at E3, the big, uh, you know, video game trade show where everyone's showing their latest wares. Hey, what does, uh, what does E3 stand for anyway? It's the elect- what is it? Electronic Something Expo. Oh, okay. 
It's three E's. The I forget what the other one is. The exciting electronic. The exciting electronic expo. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's in downtown Los Angeles. I've been going to it for about ten years. Yes. Um, but it's great, you know, because I, I go with a press pass and people treat me very nice, and I get to, you know, lay my hands on things and, uh, you know, try the actually try the games out and, and not stuff. get arrested for Link and not get arrested, yeah. which is great. So uh, I got to play some of Lego Batman Three, which apparently is going to be kind of based in space. What? Uh, has something to do with Brainiac, and also all the Rainbow Lanterns uh, are supposed to play some sort of key role in it. Uh, and that was fun. There's a lot of new suits and stuff that, and costumes that they wear that have different powers and things that were a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, Arkham Knight looks fantastic. All right. Uh, that's the new Batman game. Uh, just I, that I'm afraid that game is going to make me buy a PS4. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to hold out. And then something I did not even know was coming until I got there. They're making a third Little Big Planet game. Stop. And uh, I got to play that. My my wife and I are big fans of uh, both those games, which are narrated by Stephen Fry. Nice. Yep. Uh, but they're just so fantastic and so creative and so fun, and they're great. You know, we, I've talked about this before with the Lego games. There's not a lot of games out there that you can play with someone sitting right next to you. Most game companies focus on you being able to play, you know, some 13-year-old in Kentucky, uh-huh. uh, you know, play Call of Duty with them. So to, to actually be able to sit, you know, with your friend or your wife or, you know, the, whatever, and play a game, those, those are rare. So Long-time companion. Uh, yeah, or my long-time companion, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, love those sort of things. So uh, getting to play those, all those games are coming by the end of this year, so I'm I'm super excited now, to actually. The uh, Mattel has got some kind of ginormous Batmobile that's going to be a Comic Con, uh, a toy. Yes, it's yeah. like four hundred and seventy-five dollars. <laughs> it's eighty-five. As oh, I understand sorry, it. eighty-five dollars. Now, yes. but that is related to a video game, correct? Not a movie, not a property, but a video game, right? That's right. So that well, the 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 big thing in Batman: Arkham Knight is the Batmobile is in this. Okay. Uh, and you get to drive it. You know, before it was just sort of something, you know, you get to a, a point and you go, oh, I need to get somewhere else. And they do kind of like a cut scene where you're just in the Batmobile or in the Batwing. Yes. And it would drop you off at your destination. But in this game, you get in that thing and you drive around and it's a brand new Batmobile and it looks fantastic. And they had the guys from Orange County Customs build a full-scale real Batmobile that was at the show. I was doing everything I could to fake a seizure so that I could steal that thing and drive it home. Yeah, you should have have planned for that. But it's it's a really interesting design because the front wheels uh, almost look like four wheels. So, you know, they're split down the middle and the headlights are in between the two wheels on either side. Okay. It's a real crazy kind of design, and then it's it's got the sort of driving around mode, and then it the wheels, uh, sort of the fenders and everything pop out to f- kind of form an X if you're looking down on it, and this uh, sort of battalion thing sticks up out of the top of it that's got like a Gatlin gun and like a rubber bullet crowd control thing, and so, and when it does that, like all the lights on it turn from sort of white blue to red. So it's got sort of like patrol mode and battle mode. Cool. And the the toy that Mattel is doing, uh, I think 
you know, this this version that they're selling at Comic-Con has all these sounds and lights on it. I, I suspect they may end up releasing it to mass retail, but it will just be a hollow thing. It won't have all the, the fancy stuff with and it. And it does come with a Batman figure, right? It does come with a Batman figure that fits in it, that's got a cloth cape that uh, fits inside. You know, uh, I, we talk about they, I'm glad you brought this up, because yeah. I really do think there are two types of people in this world. Those that love Neil right. Diamond, uh-huh. and those that don't care for him. No. that, that I, I love the cloth cape. If, if I had to, across the board, whatever the property is... Um, you know, and this this excludes even some of the stuff that we've done. You know, the Biff Bang Pop. Like when we did the first Ming the Merciless figure, we, it was early days for us, and we you know we didn't have a lot of options with how we were going to do things. And but I mean, with that, you know, I thought, well, this is if this is the only thing I get to do, or the only Ming, I'm going to make these. You know, the, we're going to have sculpted robes to make it almost like this majestic. You know, but nine times out of ten, I would take a cloth cape on an action figure over sculpted. I, I love the cloth cape. Now, loads of people hate the cloth cape and would much prefer uh, a sculpted thing. But like even like that new Darth Vader that's at the Disney store, like it's it looks amazing, and I, I'm kind of tempted to even get it. But it's got a big, giant plastic molded cape, and I don't know what it is, but it just turns me off. Where do you where do you fall on the cloth cape versus vinyl cape? I mean, sculpt. Uh. I, it really, it's kind of a case-by-case basis for me. You know, of course, uh, I have a huge love of superpowers figures, the old Kenner superpowers. Those are all cloth capes. Cloth capes, yes. Uh, but sometimes you want something that's sort of a dramatic pose, and uh, it calls for a plastic cape. But, you know, we're in this age now where you don't get a lot of vehicles or play sets, so you don't need your figures to sit down. You know, they're always in sort of that waiting for the bus standing That's mode. That's true, but like, uh, I th- I think if we got more play sets and vehicles and things like that, I would I would absolutely be staunchly in the cloth cape camp. Well, there's also the kind of in between. Like there was a um, there was a Batman figure done recently. You know, what's the one the the line that was done the DC line, Greg, Cap- the Greg Capullo? Yeah. Uh huh. Um, they did the DC collectibles did. Yes. And he did a great Batman figure, really cool. And loads of articulation. Came with little teeny itty bitty baby batarangs, and the cape was kind of like an in between, not a real heavy sculpted thing that you know makes it fall over, but also mm-hmm. it wasn't cloth. Um, so I kind of like the in between thing too. But the sculpted thing, it just kind of, I don't know. It always seems like it's just kind of a, a you know, it's like a, it limits the figure sort of. To me, it's kind of like if it's going to be a big sculpted cape. You know, you might as well not give it all kinds of articulation in the leg and the knee and the butt and everything else. Well, on the on those uh, Mattel Keaton Batman, they've got some kind of weird sort of I love it. leathery leathery cape, right? I love it. I love that they they went the extra mile and did this kind of you know leather leather look, leather feel kind of cape. On the inside, it it looks just kind of you know standard cloth, soft cloth, but then on the outside, it's got this kind of a leather look to it. And fe- yeah, I love it. I love those little figures. Uh, well, that's very cool. Um, we should keep. Oh, and so, and just real quick about that that Batmobile. So they they sent me a sample of it. I have not opened it yet, but the packaging that it comes in is the size of an ottoman, and it it it's like a suitcase. It has a handle on top. I know we 
we've gotten a couple of those before, you know, like uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man had a handle. Uh, I think Galactus and the Sentinel from Mattel, those Sentinel, guys had a handle. Do you, do you open anything these days, or do you just keep it all packaged? No, no, I, I try and open everything. Yeah, you see, that's the thing you got to open. Crack it open, take some pictures, do the do a little video of if if it makes all kinds of noise and stuff, and stick it up on uh, well, you know, stick it up anywhere. But you know, now you can well, stick it up on our. That's absolutely my plan this week. Yeah, crack that bitch open, bitch. Oh, it's coming open. Oh, good. That's what she said. Um, what? Moving right along, <laughs> but keeping it in the in the realm of the toys. Uh, I'm going to say I'm excited. Well, a couple of things. You know. I'm going to take a little moment here. I do voiceover. I don't talk about it much on the show for several several reasons. I think it's a little self-serving. It makes me feel a little narcissistic when I do, so I try not to. Uh, also, I don't want to jinx stuff. Not that I'm superstitious, but I'm wary of saying, oh, I'm up for this thing or I get called in for this thing because then if it doesn't happen, you know. Um, but on the other hand, got lots of listeners, and I would love it if everybody sent – some you know good juju my way for things but um suffice to say i had two auditions in the past week both for animated projects and without giving details uh let's just say one involves the realm of the super beings the superheroes yes uh we'll just leave it at that and the other is almost like a childhood thing where if this thing happens (laughs) i will be shouting it from the rooftops believe me um, but, uh, again, without going into detail, the, the, the hero thing, the super thing, it's one of those things where it ends up being, a, you know, one of these characters that, you know, has been done so many times in so many ways, um, you know, that, that, that I, I spent an agonizing couple of days figuring out just how to tackle this. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I can't wait to, if, if, it, if, you know, knock on wood, something happens, believe me, I'll talk about it, but that's something that I'm very excited about. Uh, wow. Uh, but I'll leave it at that. But what I'm what I'm really excited about to talk about in the toy world is something just got announced or sort of hit. I don't know where I read this first. If it was on a Facebook group or or, or where or how I heard it, but it was I, I, there's a, some things happening. These little surprises. There's something that's happening with this uh, world of HP Lovecraft's kind of line of retro figures that someone's doing. I think are really nice. Like, yeah, those uh, are great. Those Clash of the Titans kind of figures that someone's doing and this thing just popped up a muck time is doing a three and three quarter inch or four inch five inch four inch set of retro action figures from the day the earth stood still so they're doing a, a the classic the version classic, not the keanu the 1955 uh, or 54 55 it's Klaatu and his robot gort big giant robot gort um, so Gort, I think, is like five inches tall. I think so. So yeah. uh, Michael Rennie, you know, who played Klaatu, he's like three and three quarter inches. So he comes. I heard he was ill. Michael Rennie? Yeah, I think he's dead. No, I was. I was. It was a uh, lyrics from little uh, from uh, Rocky Horror. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed that. This is a long way to go. Way over my head. Long way to go for uh, that. Uh... Uh, so uh, sorry. So he comes with a, a swappable head. Which I think is a great idea. I do, too, because... That's what the Rocketeer needs. Yes, and I, again, I don't mean... To, I'm not going to bag on the... I'm very excited to have the Rocketeer. I love that little guy. I've got... I bought three of them, you know, one to keep packaged, 
one to have with his helmet off and no backpack, and one to have with all his gear. But the truth is, it would have been better if they were swappable heads because the, the helmet is just gigantor on him. Um, so this is really cool. I think the, 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 the Klaatu figure has like, you know, more than just the five points. I think it's got like seven, eight, nine points of articulation. And Gort is just, Gort, you know, it's one of these things, again, I, I, I talk about my dad here and on the show and like how we were these, obviously the Star Wars generation where, you know, I think most of us can share these stories where our, our dads or uncles or whoever said, well, if you think Star Wars is cool, you got to try this. And so he kind of introduced me to the Flash Gordon, you know, comic strip that he knew when he was a kid, the Buck Rogers strip, um, you know, 2001, eventually when I was you know, old enough. But his favorite thing of all time in the sci-fi world was and is the day the Earth stood still. So Gort is his, you know, he'd always say, even when I was a kid, like, you know, Gort could, you know, beat up Darth Vader. Like, he, Gort was the thing. So anytime, for some reason, my dad was the same way about, about like my about Day of the Earth. Oh, like he didn't. Yeah, he wasn't that big into a lot of sci-fi stuff. He loved the Twilight Zone. Uh-huh. Uh, for some reason, he always watched like the old Linda Carter Wonder Woman with us. See, I wonder. I wonder what would have. Uh, you know, he, and he'd watch the Incredible Hulk too. But for some reason, he loved Day of the Earth stood still, and part of why he loved it was Gort. He just loved that. You know. Oh. He would just raise up that visor yeah. and rain fiery death down on people. He was badass, man. Until he'd have to, you know, the guy would have to come and say the magic words and shut him down. That's right. And but for some reason, that really tickled my dad. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's something generational, obviously, because it's mid-50s, and it was their, you know, it was their version of Darth Vader or, you know, whatever it was, and they, they love it. So there hasn't been a ton of Gort merchandise, you know, ironically, throughout the years. There's been, you know, Amok Time did this gorgeous set of, you know, large scale figures. There's been a, a non-posable, you know, metal figurine. There's been a wind up. But this is the first time we've gotten action figures. And this is just such a great time that all these cool uh, current, retro, recent, whatever properties are being done as smaller scale action figures. I love it. Uh, we're doing stuff, obviously, uh, with Twilight Zone and just announced our our color uh, Comic-Con exclusives for, for Twilight Zone, which people are really excited about. And I love, I love seeing that. Got- they really have been reacting great. So it's, it's the wave you guys showed at Toy Fair, yes. but color yes. instead of the, the black and white version. Yeah, yeah. I think that- and you can get them on Entertainment Earth. Uh, you'll be able to, if there's any left after the show, you can place pre-orders and then they'll sell them through there. So if you're not going to the show and you want these... Uh, that that's the route to go. Yes, and please do because I, I love. I mean, and we're we're getting such great response. It's just it's great because we've got some other stuff that's that's on the horizon. Oh, tell us about that. I can't wait to tell everybody. It's it's soon, baby, very soon. Um, but well, I like too. Uh, you know, we're, we're in a uh, Facebook group with uh, Matt Colley, Iron Cow. Yes, and uh, he's been doing some beautiful, just stunning, uh, in the style of Kenner retro. Uh, figures of star wars and he saw your twilight zone figures and he's talking about using the gremlin to make a vintage muff tech yes and uh using canimate from uh to serve man potentially as robed chewbacca from the holiday special <laughs> life day chewbacca which i think that is really inspired if i can somehow be part of that i am uh, that's just a 
icing on the on the, the Star Wars cake. <laughs> Somehow, uh, what we're doing could be responsible for him making holiday special uh, uh, figures. Um, so, so this Day of the Earth is still set. It's it's up for pre-order right now uh, at a muck time. It comes out in August. I've ordered a couple of sets. Uh, I've got one ordered for my dad. So every time there's a Gort thing that's come out, I've gotten it for for my dad. Um, for those of you that don't, just in case there's anybody listening that doesn't know what this movie is, I could not recommend it enough. Um, we are nostalgic for thousands of things. Um, sometimes we're in on the joke. Sometimes uh, we're blinded by things. You know, I've always said, for example, one of the reasons I like Tron Legacy so much, I thought they did a great job with it, was I've always loved Tron. I think we've all kind of loved Tron. But no one would argue that Tron was ever cool. It was never really <laughs> cool, you know. Its design, its aesthetic was always cool and ahead of itself. And that's the reason why so much of that stuff holds up so well. And But Legacy managed to make it cool. It managed to take that world and make it, you know, hip and cool, I think, that it never really had. It's more nostalgia. But what I'm trying to say is we put a filter on a lot of stuff that we we come from and stuff that we love. And, and you know, sometimes, like I say, you, you, you're you blinded by it. And you go, oh, it's just the best thing ever. But it's really not, you know. It's just that you love it as a kid or whatever. Day of the Earth Stood Still really stands out as one of – there's so much stuff that came out in the 50s, so much cheesy B-movie you know, Cold War paranoia, sci-fi stuff, giant, you know, giant ants or brains floating around. Some of it's great, some is iconic, some is as crappy as it was when it came out. Day of the Earth Stood Still has always stood out, no pun intended, as as one of the greats. It truly yeah. is one of, it's not only one of the best sci-fi movies ever made, it's certainly the best that came out of the 50s. I think that, wouldn't you say that and... Uh, the original thing from another world before Carpenter did it, because that was 50s as well. Right, they both yeah. stand out and hold up as these great bits of period sci-fi. And the great thing about Day of the Earth still, without ruining it for anybody, is it was supposed to be allegorical. I mean, it was really saying, don't let it ever get this bad. And right. the message is as relevant today as it was back then. So if anyone hasn't seen it, I can't recommend it enough to run out to your video store, or it might be on like, you know, instant on, on Netflix. Uh, but we're finally getting action figures. I couldn't be more excited. That's a very, very cool thing to, uh, to bump across. Uh, the yes, and again, like you said, it's kind of nice to be surprised in this world yes. too. Yeah, totally. I, I, I love that. I love that. And I think it's going to keep happening. And I, and, I, and I love that. But let me just, as a side note, because we're kind of talking about all this stuff, I want to tell you something that I, I didn't get to last time. Um, Empire Magazine, which is one of my favorite magazines. I mean, I know I'm one of the holdouts. I still pick up printed material. Um, I love magazines. We've talked about this. I'm kind of addicted. I tend to, whatever I, I pick up, I tend to read cover to cover. I get a lot of music magazines, a lot of British music magazines. Empire is this movie magazine. It's been around for 25 years now. And they did this thing, 301 greatest movies of all time. Now, you got to take it with a grain of salt. About 300 and some thousand people were polled online. And, you know, as you're looking through it and you're like, you know, number, you know, 27 is, is gravity. Like, really? You know, or number 45 is Skyfall. Again, not trying to knock these things, but it's like there have been a lot of movies made in the past hundred years. And you can look at the list and, and realize that a lot of these choices are, you know, more current or the past 
10, 15, 20 years. Still a lot of classic stuff in there. So if you were to give me what you think the top five that were chosen, what would you, what would you say top five? Uh, of all time movies? Yeah. Now remember, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just, a, just a poll. Right. These things come about every five, six years. I mean, you would think like Citizen Kane and Maltese Falcon. And yes, you would. You would think that. Yes, some some of those sorts of things would be in there. They're not in the top five. They're in the list, but they're not in the top five. Uh, oh, we're just doing top five. Top five. Let's just say top five. Five is Pulp Fiction. Four, okay. Four is Shawshank. Number three is The Dark Knight, which I find <laughs> kind of fascinating. Like, really? Okay. Like, it's got that. Yeah. You know. Number two is The Godfather. Um, which is interesting because I think Godfather 2 is, I think it's still in the top 20, but it's a bit further up. And guess what number one is? Uh, Titanic. No, thank Christ. No, it's The Empire Strikes Back. Avatar. And, and number six is A New Hope. But number, okay. number one is The Empire Strikes Back. What's, right. what's interesting about this is they do they have a brand new interview with George Lucas in this issue. I think one of the first certainly print interviews he's done since the big announcements, you know, that there's another movie coming. And they put it to him and it's something that we just talked about in that last uh episode where they said, "Do you think you could ever pull that off again?" You know, the the, the big secret, the big reveal. And he said flat out no, and that he was nervous at one point because it was it literally wasn't until James Earl Jones came in and read the lines that anybody outside of himself and Lawrence Kasdan knew what the truth was. Right. And then he said once that was out, you know, the, the engineer knew and then, you know, the editors knew, whatever, and it started to kind of ripple and he thought it was going to, you know, explode. But um, – but – there's something he, – he also comments on the darkness of it, and he's, he's, it's, he's kind of fascinated by the fact that it is chosen as, the, as number one over Star Wars, which is much more you know, black and white and the good guys are going to win kind of thing. And he said, and very kind of succinctly, that um, uh, he says he's goofy. Basically, they say, did you have concerns about how dark it was going to get? He said, I wasn't too worried. I found it interesting. Um, the part I had the most difficulty with was the father cutting off his son's hand and then leaving it that way without resolving it. It's symbolic, but it's very real. And he said he talked to a bunch of psychologists um, w what kind of effect that might have had on uh, children. And then he said that Empire is a bit more adult. He says, as a director, I'm a bit more of a goofy director. Uh, you'll see effervescent giddiness in things that I that I did. Uh, Empire's like that, but a bit of the goofiness has been shaved off. And he says, basically, if, if he had done it, it wouldn't have been as dark as it was. It wouldn't have been the, the film that we've grown to to love and admire. It, well, clear, I mean, yeah. A having seen the prequels and knowing what his ideas are, yeah, that's totally clear. Imagine, yeah, yeah, it would have been a different a different world. And on that note, let's send some positive vibes out to Harrison Ford. What the hell's going on? Ugh. Well, look, I mean, so I'm sure everyone has heard this past week uh, on the set of Episode 7, uh, the door to the Millennium Falcon came down on the set. Okay, now, see, I heard it was a garage door at 
on in a uh, a hanger of some kind, like a garage, and it went from twisted his ankle to hurt himself to broke his leg. Yes, yeah, so now it is. That came out today. Broke his now leg. Saying, but it, it, yeah, but everything I heard was it was a door on the set. Okay, I've so that just goes back to what I have been saying this whole time: stop doing practical effects in Star Wars. <laughs> All we want is digital. Imagine yeah. we don't want we don't want him to build a thing. If this we want a green screen yeah. from here to the ceiling. If this had been two guys sitting in a chair with a green screen, this wouldn't have happened. Um, None of this would have. They're happened. saying now now Peter Mayhew is going to have to carry Harrison Ford around in that bag like he did C three PO on his back. His legs aren't, for like aren't for like eight weeks exactly. That guy's got new knees. Well, he doesn't need to be doing that for eight weeks. They're saying that. They're going to have to shoot around it. I mean, they're saying that this could be like, you know, a six, seven-week delay kind of thing. Like, a lot of his stuff is going to have to be pushed much further further back. Yeah. Um, but it did, it did, you know, the whole thing is so weird, and, you know, I hope it all works out, obviously, for, you know, a million reasons. But it does make you go, it, it really is that fragile. Like, you know... I hate, you know, knock on wood. I mean, you know, people. You're saying it could have been his hip because he's People 72? fall asleep in their hotel rooms and don't wake up the next morning all the time, all over the world. You know, these are no longer 20 something and 30 something people we're talking about. So anything could happen, uh, you know, from now until whenever these things are going to be finished, you know, shooting. And just the fact that, you know, there's been all this buildup. Here's your one of your leads, this iconic character actor. This guy, you know, last time he got hurt, I think was on Temple of Doom, you know, 30 years ago. Now he's broken his friggin' leg. So, you know, anything could happen. I, I heard he threw his back out getting into that refrigerator in Crystal Skull. <laughs> it's possible. Well, you know, he did. Didn't he do? Wasn't it like a a herniated disc or something in Temple of Doom? I think yeah, and they said, well, and that, that guy pulled his heart out of his. Chest. Well, there's that. They said the That's... surgery that he had, that they they like airlifted him, whatever they took him to have this laser surgery in for Temple of Doom. That they said it would be such a risky surgery, they would never do that surgery today. Good like great. it really could have gone the other way, where like he never would have walked again or something. It was incredibly risky surgery. Um, but obviously it worked, and he, he came out the other side. Uh, so here's hoping all that works out for everyone. Um, yeah. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about um, – I did a thing the other day. I saw Godzilla. Okay, seen that's Godzilla? considered doing a thing? Yeah, have you seen Godzilla yet? Uh, I have not, no. Well, let me tell you what it's about. Uh-huh. Giant lizard. Hold on, spoilers. I'm not going to say anything other than I enjoyed it just fine. That does not sound like a ringing endorsement. Well, you know what? Again, I don't want to give detail, but I, I want more Godzilla. I want I want him all over the movie. I'm not going to say how, how much he was in it or wasn't. I just I want more Godzilla. Because what I will say is when they did Godzilla. Oh my God. Fantastic. I mean, just, it's like King Kong. Like I can't completely trash the Peter Jackson King Kong thing. I would never watch it again. But all I would say was the monkey 
was fantastic. Like when the monkey right. was on screen, holy shit, did they get that monkey right? Well, when Godzilla was on screen and it was happening, it was dynamite. It's just, right. I want a lot more Godzilla for my 15 bucks or whatever. I see. Uh, but wait, you know, Well, the good news is, Artie Green let us see. Well, that's good because I, I want it to be called Godzilla Up and Down. Um, so afterwards, we're at the Grove. Head over to Barnes & Noble. Never a good idea. Because they always do this stuff. They either do Criterion uh, DVDs, buy one, get one, 50% off. Or yes. they do this thing every now and then, like 50% off all Blu-ray DVDs. So, you know, it didn't go mental, but went a little crazy. Got a few things. And one of the things I got, you'll appreciate this, there is a sort of a deluxe Blu-ray set for Argo that's come out. Have you seen this? I have not. And it's, uh, it's an alternate cut, like an extended cut, but loads of documentaries about the real-life stuff and the operation and the connection between Hollywood and the CIA and all this stuff. Um, cutting room floor stuff. Just, just I, wanted it for, I wanted to see all these documentaries. Uh, and I do like the movie. Uh, you know, I'm not in love with it, but I do think it's a good movie. But it also comes with a miniature version of the fake movie poster. Oh, okay. Which is really cool. That's the kind of thing yeah. that I may, you know, get framed someday because it's. I, I love it. It's so cheesy, and so I wish they'd made that like commercially available when the when the movie came out. Um, well, I would still love to read that actual script. Yeah, me too. I don't know if that's something that's that's out there somewhere, but I, I'd love to to read that thing. Um, but I also picked up the Universal Monsters Blu-ray box set, which is awesome. Um, you know, a lot of the extras have been recycled from the late 90s, you know, from 10 years ago, five years ago. But each one has loads of, of extras. So it's Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Invisible Man, Phantom of the Opera, The Wolfman, The Mummy, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Did you say The Wolfman? The Wolfman, yeah. W-O-O-F. <laughs> All right. I'm not familiar with that version. Yeah, it's a rarely seen version with Lon Chaney Jr. Jr. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but they do have the Spanish language version of Dracula, which I only know a little bit about that came out the same time as Dracula, apparently. It's supposed to be a real hoot uh, to watch. And for the first time on DVD, a 3D version of Creature from the Black Lagoon, should you choose to visit someone that has a 3D thing or whatever. Uh, but anyway, 50% off this stuff, I couldn't say no. Great box set. And um, got a couple of Hitchcock movies as well. Um, also picked up uh, this week Grand Budapest Hotel, which I have not okay. watched yet. I can't wait to see it, but I just picked it up because I have all the Wes Anderson stuff. And um, the Alan Partridge movie, which I went on about before, it was originally called Alpha Papa, in the U.S., it's just called Alan Partridge. So it's now out on DVD. Those of you that have been curious, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it highly. Very funny movie. Excellent. So, yeah, picked up some goodies there. So I uh, went out and saw a couple of films this this week. Uh, first of all, I saw Maleficent. 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 Uh, 
which is not necessarily a film I would go and and pay money for, just because I kind of heard mixed things about it. Uh-huh. But the company that I'm working for did some of the effects for it, so they had some employee screenings of it, so I took my family to see that. Now, that's a documentary, and it's, right? Yes, that's right. It's it's not a terrible film. It's no, uh, that, some really that's an endorsed. Hold on, hold on. Let me hold on. <laughs> so, uh, you know, because a lot of stuff I'd seen, people either kind of loved it or hated it. There was, and uh, I, I didn't see a lot of middle ground. It is very interesting how they reverse engineer the original story to create this. I thought that was great. Of course, Angelina Jolie is, you know, she's fantastic. She is chewing every piece of scenery she can get her chompers on but the a lot of the other cast is terrible i couldn't even the, tell you who else is in it i honestly i mean the the only other person you kind of know is uh uh l fanning dakota fanning's sister yes okay i know who she is uh but the the guy who plays the king who is Sleeping Beauty's dad. Uh-huh. I don't know where they found this guy, but he, someone needs to go knock on his door and take his SAG card back. Wow. Yeah. That's not good. He was bad. You know, so, it's, so, it's uh, honestly one of those movies that I probably would eventually see when it hits HBO, if, if even then. It's just one of those, I just have absolutely no interest. I mean, I've heard some interesting things, you know, that they, they try something different with the story, but you know, yeah. I'm not interested from the get go. Uh, right. Right. Uh, but, but you know, it's, 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 it's making a killing and, and it's, I haven't heard much about it at all, really. Cause I guess I, it's been sort of mixed, but it's, it's making a killing. Yeah. And then the other movie for father's day, I took the family and went and saw how to train your dragon Two. Oh, you know, I kind of liked the first one. I thought it was cute. This one is fantastic. Really? So much better than the first one. And oh, the, really? Yeah. And my whole family loved it. My wife, she said it, it is her all-time favorite animated feature. Come on. For me, I actually, the the film, every frame of it is so beautiful, I was distracted by that. And I feel like I have to see it again. Wow, we're talking about it is, the goofy, it is stunning, the goofy dragon, the kitty. No, the, I mean not kitty, but the one for you know, it's goofy like uh, you know, it's a DreamWorks picture. Yeah, yeah, one guy's called like Snot Face and someone else. You know, like <laughs> right, yeah, that that one. It's it's that yeah, yeah. It's that well, it's that that nicely done. It's dynamite. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a, yeah. That's good to know because it's one of those things that I you know I wouldn't you know it's like the you know the the cloudy with a chance of meatballs thing. Like totally, I wouldn't totally. see that in the theater. But when I did see it, I thought it was, you know, a fun diversion, like Despicable Me. Like, that ended up being, you know, fun. Uh, I mean, the exact same way with a lot of those, yeah. You know, actually get out and see it. Yeah, I I would recommend seeing this on a big screen. Okay. Nice. All right, that's a good endorsement. Yeah. Very nice. Um, uh, Speaking of things that we've seen, I saw the Constantine pilot. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. And Which they Because they just released the trailer for that last week, and there's a moment in the trailer that fandom went bananas for. Which which moment? Uh, where he picks up the Dr. Fate helmet. Yeah, there's some neat... I got to tell you, I mean, they there's some neat stuff in this thing, and it's not perfect. You can only hope that 
they're 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 you know driving it in a certain direction, but just physically from the first five ten minutes, it feels right. It feels again. This is network television we're talking about. You can't get as edgy as HBO Showtime, but you can they can take it as far as they can. Um, and he's great. The guy that plays Constantine is great. Obviously, physically, he's much more in the pocket than what you got, you know, in the movie. And he's actually English. And he's actually English. <laughs> like um, he's supposed to be. Yeah, and it's got a dark sense of humor. It moves a little fast. It's kind of, you know, um, hard to explain. Like, I feel like it's, it's, it's going to get better. You see potential there, and there's some good stuff in there. Um, but he's great. So that, that, that's a big, a big deal right there. What's interesting about the, the woman that's in it is she's a British actress, but she's doing an American accent. Um, she's done loads of stuff in the UK. She's early twenties, I think mid twenties. She looks like she's about 17. Um, but she, you know, is dead on for Rachel Weiss. Uh Looks just like her. But as far as I can tell, it's not the same character from that movie. So I'm not sure what the thinking was behind that exactly. Uh, well, it seems to be too that, I mean, just from what I have seen in the trailer, that they're following an actual like story arc from Hellblazer, which I thought was interesting. Oh, see, now I'm, I'm not I'm not as versed, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to recognize that. But uh, okay. what's his name is in it? Oh man, who's in it? Um, Pete Hardison. Sorry, Stefan Jorgensen. Doglum. Yes, um, Nipsey Russell. Um, no, um, Dave. Guy, the guy who was the guy Francesco. that was in Lost whose kid was Walt, and the kid, not Walt, because he grew up... Right, kids. his dad. The dad. Yeah. Who was the dad? Uh, what is his name? I'm actually friends with him on Facebook, and why can't I think of it? But yeah, and he was just in that... Uh, he was on that TNT show about the band. Oh, I don't know what that, that is. Was, that was the last thing he did. Well, this it was like that. the Papa Midnight character. Right, yeah, yeah. That's, how he, that's where, he, where he turns up in, in this thing. Um, I hope it works... And I hope it runs because it's it's just the Michael was his name on Lost, yes, right? exactly. And his yeah. name is on the tip of my tongue. I, I know that he's been in loads of stuff, um, but I just love that it exists. You know, I love that because of things like Game of Thrones and you know Penny Dreadful as well, which is getting a nice following on Showtime. And it's I like it. It's it's not perfect, but it's picking up steam. And there's some interesting stuff in there. You know, any of those doors that get open for more genre stuff. I love it. I think we're living in that golden age. You know, for every, you know, if there's ten things they throw against the wall, maybe one or two, you know, are going to stick. That's still a lot to choose from in the in the genre world. Yeah. Where, you know, 30 years ago we had uh, Buck Rogers and, you know, Bring Him Back Alive and Auto Man. Those were our choices. That was it. Auto Man. You know? What about Manimal? <laughs> Manimal, blink and you miss it. Manimal was there as well for for a weekend. Um, so that's by the way, that actor's name is Harold Perrineau. Um Speaking of fun stuff and British stuff, boy, this this announcement came out of nowhere, and I for one am very excited. And I feel like people in the know are listening to our show quite a bit. They are. They absolutely right because every now they love us. Something drops into pop culture and you go, hey, wait a second. Like the Lando thing. 
how long have we been talking about where's Lando in this new movie? And suddenly right. the internet picks it up and starts saying, where the hell is Lando Calrissian? Um, we started it. So a couple... Same, same way we got that sequel to John Carter made. Yeah, hey, knock on wood. Stranger things have happened. A um, few episodes ago, I was talking about a fun, weird thing that I found off of eBay that was a Danger Mouse like adventure kit. All these cut-out yes. cut characters and you know spy passports and all kinds of stuff. Well, guess who's coming back next year to animated series? Who? Danger Mouse. That's true. It's happening. Uh, I don't know who's doing it. Is Nickelodeon? I mean, I don't know who's doing it. But uh, it was announced because this week is uh, is the licensing show in Vegas. Yes. So there's a lot of those kind of announcements coming out right well, now. Well, I love so it. That, that was bring it. I say, yeah. and mainly because there's been nothing for merchandise for Danger Mouse. I mean, you can't. There was some plush made several years ago. There were some bendies that were made back in the early 80s, which are a fortune if you can find them, but you can't find them. Um, there's just nothing out there. So hopefully that's going to lead to lots of lots of merchandise. Um, the new Planet of the Apes trailer, fantastic. Uh, yes. Can't wait for that. Although already I can tell it's going to be heartbreaking. I can already tell there's going to be some misunderstanding and some asshole humans are going to do something they shouldn't and mess with the monkeys. I don't think that's true. I think it's all going to work and out. I think everyone gets along. Bad, bad things are going to happen. Did you get to see the uh, the trailer that uh, we put up on AFI that uh, Alex did? No, the NECA thing? Yeah, no, yeah. No, I haven't seen that yet. So uh, I got in uh, – I didn't get in contact. I have met Alex uh, Kropinak, who uh, does all the what does – for Marvel.com, right. those stop-motion animation thing that Jesse Falcon does a lot of voices for. Alex also works some with, with Diamond and does some, some stop-motion stuff for uh, for their mini-mates and, and things like that. And he just reached out. I, I had met him two or three years ago at, at Toy Fair. Super nice guy. Unbelievably talented. And he sort of reached out to me and said, you know, it'd be fun to do some stuff together. And uh, we got on the phone and kind of threw some things around. And uh, he was like, you know what would be fun is to reenact the teaser trailer for the new Planet of the Apes with the NECA stuff that was coming out because we had started to see pictures of it. So I reached out to Randy, got some early samples, sent them to Alex, and he cut together this thing that just blew my mind. It's it's so fun and fantastic. I'll put a link up in the show notes uh, to check out. Oh, but fun! He, he really knocked it out of the park. Oh, fun! I'll I'll uh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, for sure. And uh, have you been seeing the new billboards that they just started putting up this this week for for that in L.A. Or, where it shows Caesar riding on a horse with the gun over his yes. head, with the bridge in the background. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you know, reach into my. 11-year-old brain and go, what would you want to put? Uh, let's see, a monkey carrying a bit, carrying a rifle. Wait, riding a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the city in the background. Okay, put that on a poster. Perfect. Like, yeah. Prince. Well, that remember I was talking about the Transformers one where it's like a giant robot riding a robot dinosaur? Yes. Bring it. You know? Whatever. Um, so I also picked up the Guardians of the Galaxy electronic talking figure. Speaking of cool stuff, 
I love which one did you get? Rocker or did you get uh, Star Lord? I got Star Lord. Okay. I love this because Chris Pratt went in and recorded like 30 phrases, 30 lines from the movie. Uh, it's got, you know, machine, you know, gun sounds. But it's also when you press the button twice, it plays one of three different cheesy 80s instrumental bits of music. Oh, yeah. It's great. I love it. I, I love that. Uh, and there's a, there was a new trailer for that. That international trailer came out. Yeah, and a lot, and a lot of new got, footage. They've got Rocket doing some talking. So yeah, that's gonna. I, I'm very excited for this movie. I think it's gonna be wonderful. Um, can't wait. Still, not a stitch of toys anywhere in the toy aisles. No, I haven't really seen them. Either. Nothing. It's coming out like next week. You can get them online. Get them online up the yin yang, but not in person. No. Also. Uh, total sidebar, but those those damn Hasbro Transformer figures. Those, yeah. What are we talking about? The ones, not the regular ones, but the ones that are like, um, you know, you, you you pull them apart and put them back together. Oh, the mashers? Yeah, but they're called, is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah, they did them for the Marvel superheroes. Yeah. And now they're doing them for the Transformer. And these things are fantastic. I am not even a Transformer guy, but... The Drift and the Optimus Prime. Yeah, they're all pretty much Generation Gen 1 designs. They're fantastic. Yeah, it's, and they just, uh, Big Bad Toy Store just put up some images of the next couple of waves, and they just, oh. And I hear there might be some electronic sounds. Oh, uh, really? Okay. We might even get a kind of a sound. Are you all right? Do you got, yeah. Are you eating popcorn? Just had a little something stuck in my throat. Um, so those are fun. I think, they're, and they're they're heavy. They're they're real. They're big, heavy action figures. They weigh like four pounds each. But they're just they're just fun. They're just toys. fun figures that you don't have to worry about handling them delicate handling them delicately. Or like, you know, am I going to be able to put it together? They're just fun action figures. I I really think they're great. Uh, yeah, I uh, you know uh, a lot of people have been crowing about the Marvel ones for a long time. I have held off getting any of them, just because I'm still collecting Legends and Marvel Universe yeah. and you know I've got, that I've sort got of a thing. few of them. I've got like Spider Man, you know Captain America, the Falcon. It's fun to have a Cap and a Falcon like that. But the thing is, this you know the modular thing, the the pull them apart and put them together thing. It it it's okay with the Marvel stuff. It just it works. There's something about this design with these Transformers figures that it just works. It just it works better than it does with those Marvel ones, I think. Yeah. Um, well, just uh, speaking of Transformers merchandise, just this week, finally, I have been see because I, I I was a big Generation Gen One Transformer fan uh, back in the in the eighties. Uh, I, I collected all those things. That's actually what made me stop collecting Star Wars. So I missed out on those last seventeen. Power of the Force figures, because I switched over to Transformers. Too bad you'll never find those. I know. Uh, so I've been, you know, with these masterpiece things that Hasbro keeps putting out and Takara, I've been picking up a few of those. But I missed Shockwave, that which was the Comic-Con exclusive last year. Uh-huh. And he ne- I never could find him at Toys R Us. Toys R Us put him up online sort of just to piss people off, because you couldn't actually order him on TRU.com. Uh-huh. You could. It would just say, "Oh, we'll pick it up in the store," and then you search for a store, and you would search. I, I literally searched 
from California to Oklahoma and no store had them. Wow. So it was just kind of a cruel thing. So I've been bidding on a few on eBay, really keeping my eye on, on auctions and stuff. Well, I just found a guy that sold it uh, maybe for $10 over retail. And uh, I got it yesterday. And man, that is, that is a gorgeous set. It comes with all five of the cassette tapes uh, and just, you know, really intricate transformation and just gorgeous. Just great. Well, it's also Love it's it. like one of your white whales, it sounds like. It was, for a while it was, yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad. Uh, see, the Internet's good for something. That's right. Finally. Um, uh, that's cool. And then you just said something else that made me think of something else. Um, uh, la, 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 la. We were talking about something on the Internet. Um, you just said something. Now. You said... Transformer Gen 1. I say a lot of things. Yeah, you do. Gen 1, Transform. Oh, Game of Thrones. We got to. I didn't say that. I hit this real quick because I, I just happened to see the words Game of Thrones on the internet here. Um, should we talk about that finale? I'm assuming people have seen it at this point. Uh, well, not everyone will have. Well, I just, some people I wait for should, whole seasons. We won't and... say too much then, but man, did it was it melancholy? It just. <laughs> It just, uh, which is weird because the whole season's been upbeat. But you know what I mean. Like you're watching it, and it's like sometimes it's uh, the 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 attraction of what's going to happen. Like something crazy is going to happen. I don't know what, but it's going to happen. There was a moment in this thing that I thought this is going to go one of three ways, and two of the ways it might go, I'm not going to like. And then it went one of those ways. And it was like, shit, man, nothing is safe. No one's safe. Nothing is safe. Um, there is um, someone where it really... I think, I think you're, are you talking about two characters that were fighting? Yes. That you, you want both the characters to continue on? Well, you go, I'm enjoying both these storylines for the most part. Ideally, yeah. I, I, for me, it was like that would have been the, the best outcome. Right. But, but as you're watching, you're going that's probably not going to happen and something bad is going to happen. And um, it's interesting because there was an article that someone wrote, I think on Huffington Post, that was saying they love the show and they wish it could be great. It's good, but they wish it could be great. And the the reasoning behind it was, it was a very interesting uh, article because it was kind of like, I mean, they, she referred to... Um, like Walking Dead as like borderline, you know, like torture porn. Like it's just, it's so depressing. It's so heavy and depressing week after week. And you and I discussed this about as good as it is and as much as I watch it and enjoy it, there does get to a point where you're going, where is this going? What is the end game for this thing? You know, what? See, I don't feel that way. That's you. No, but you, but I know, but you feel, it's like you, you, you're also, you know, you also enjoyed Lost because you enjoyed the journey for me, it was like, where is this going? You, you, you always maintained that it didn't matter. You loved the entire, you know, process and the journey. I certainly enjoyed the journey more than the the destination. Yes, yes. <laughs> but you've always not defended it, but you've always kind of said, well, I, I still enjoyed all the the ins and outs. For me, it, it's all yes. it's all kind of hollow. Like there's a, you know, there's a. A clip of Damon Lindelof <laughs> pushing this new series on HBO, sitting down for an interview, and he literally says something like, "You know, after he gives the 
blurb about what the show is and how interesting it might be and what if this and what if that. As they're kind of wrapping up the, the you know press kit or whatever, he says something like, but ultimately, you know, we hope that people find the characters compelling and interesting enough to keep watching week after week. And they're not so concerned about where the story's going. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you just want to go, oh, well, here we go again. Yeah, well, yeah. at least you're being upfront about it. Thanks for, for kind of saying you have no idea where this is. Great concept, but you clearly have no idea where this is going. Just like Prometheus. Sounds very similar. Have we seen, have we talked about, or has anybody seen the Tim Burton, Hansel and Gretel that just finally surfaced? No. Legendary uh, early piece of work by Tim Burton, <laughs> 1982. I remember reading about this in Cinefantastique when the first Batman film came out and they did a big, giant issue devoted to Tim Burton stuff. It aired on the Disney Channel one time, on Halloween, I think, 1982 or 83. Apparently, Disney was so horrified by it, they never aired it again and buried it. It has surfaced on YouTube. Um, go look for it, if you're curious. It's an all-Japanese cast. The music is atonal at best. Um, Clearly designed and directed by Tim Burton, but just to you just watch this thing and you go, how could anybody have commissioned this? They clearly had no idea what they were getting when they did this thing. But as somebody wrote on Ain't It Cool News, they were like, you watch this thing and when you're done, you go, I can't believe that guy was like six years away from directing Batman. <laughs> you seriously, you watch it and you go, there's no way they'd ever give this guy the keys to anything, you know, uh, which is kind of remarkable. Um, so check that out when you can. Your your brain may never be the be the same. What else right. we got? We got to wrap this. Up. Did Did you watch Fargo on FX? You know, we've got three or four stacked up. I think. Oh, you got to finish that. That's what I've heard. You're not the first person I've heard that. Yeah, it's great. I heard it's we real... really really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, shoot. I hope we have that stacked up. Uh, it, it's worth, you know, if they ever do a marathon, like tracking that down. It started a little slow for me. Yeah, me too. I watched but, the first well, couple ones. I thought it was kind of... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But boy, it built. You stick with it. And it, wow. Great. Great performances by everyone. All right. I will um, I will do my, my due diligence. Uh, and dark. <laughs> really dark. Yeah. Well, the, fir- the bits that that first episode was like, holy crap. You know, uh, Martin Freeman, his character alone is like, whoa. That and he really grew in really interesting, subtle oh, ways. Okay. His, his character, it, uh, it's uh, I highly recommend it. Just one more quick little toy thing I want to talk about because I just think it's such a fun, weird thing, and I always want to give a shout out to a nice company who I think do good things and are nice people. And uh, you know, I'm always rooting for. More cool stuff from other people, too. Um, Factory Entertainment uh, has the license for Archer, animated uh-huh. series on FX, which is a lot of fun. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, it's kind of a, a James Bond from hell kind of animated series. H. John Benjamin does the, the main voice. They're doing an action figure, a full-on articulated, I think it's like a six-inch action figure, maybe? Six-inch figure, yeah. Six-inch figure, um, I don't know what the regular one is going to look like. They haven't shown it yet, I don't think, but they're doing one in a white tuxedo jacket that's coming out for, for Comic-Con, uh, limited to like 1,500 pieces. 
Um, and it's a, you know, it's an action figure of Archer. So people are not happy with it. I, I've heard. I, I I look at it and I go, is it dead on? No, but I think it's kind of fun. You know, I'm a sucker for kind of just, you know, I don't know, like 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 I said, like the Mattel, like the Zod and the Keaton Batman's. You know, they're not perfect, but I'm kind of excited to have them. Um, so I'll probably pick this thing up just because, you know. At the very least, I can customize it and make it into different different people or different things. But um, Archer's a fun a fun show, so it's nice that it. If this is the only thing it gets, that at least it's it's getting something. Well, yeah. I, the biggest complaint is the likeness, the head, uh, and I've just seen a lot of. I, I don't watch the show, but you know, I can tell it's. You can see where they're going, but they need to you know get off a couple exits down the road still. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you know, I could. It's I'm I'm on the. I, it's tough for me because I get real proprietary about that stuff. With the stuff that we've done, I get so uptight about our likenesses. I'll put our kung fu up against any of the big boys out there, like our Venture Brothers figures, the eight inch stuff that we've done, the Twilight Zone stuff. Um, but you know, I don't know why. By the same token, I don't know why people aren't completely up in arms about the Funko stuff. I, I get it. Some people are. The defense, the defense is there. Well, you know, it's going for a certain look. and it's, I get it, but then there are some that are... I mean, they could, have, they could have taken the Rocketeer and they could have made it look like Cliff Secord from the comic book and nobody would have cared. No one would have touched him. It would have been fine. It didn't have to look like Billy Campbell. They could have just made it look a little bit more... They could have done the hair a little bit more made the sculpt a little tighter. It still could have looked like it came out. I mean, if you look at the, the, the filmation, you know, Mattel Flash Gordon figures, the, the figure of Flash is a pretty hard sculpt. It's not dead on from the show, but it's, a, it's not like a soft, you know, even Starbuck and Adama, even though they didn't have pupils, they looked like Dirk Benedict and Lauren Green. Right, but the two things are happening here with the Funko thing. Well, three things, technically. Well, I can tell you one. Uh, one, one is they're all digitally sculpted, and they're all using the same body, which is weird. Two, the same body? Uh, yeah, they're using the same frame and building everything off. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, two, they're not trying to get likeness. Down. They don't have. They they're deliberately avoiding that because three they don't have likeness rights. That's right. Across the board, there are no likeness rights for any of these properties. And but but the other thing that they are learning now is with that that style and doing it in that scale and that style with, with what Kenner did is the sculpts the grooves have to be so much deeper than what they're sculpting. If they don't. They all come out really, really soft, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, but they were so – I mean, look, you can see what we're doing with Twilight Zone. Yep. There's your solution right there. Just – there's a way to do it, and the, the main thing about this – yes, the digital thing, it's obvious, but also there, the, the, there are no – you know, I mean, again, it's whatever you want to you know, get and you're into. Look, I'm probably going to get those Firefly figures because – it may be the only Firefly figures we're ever going to get. It's the only Rocket. I've been waited twenty some years for the Rocketeer figure, you know. But if I'm on the fence about you know certain things, I probably won't because I I dig the whole you know likeness thing, and I I also know what a nightmare it is to do such things 
God knows if I had a nickel for every year, we could have saved by avoiding that sort of thing and just doing this. You know, we, we would have had stuff to market much, much sooner. Uh, but I, th- I think I think people are more excited about your Twilight Zone figures because they look like that looks like Shatner. Well, that's you know, what that I'm looks hearing. like Burgess Meredith. That's kind of and people hearing. see that and they go, that's the figure I want. You know, that's what I'm hearing. And that's very gratifying. And I, I don't just say it you know, selfishly, but also because we're we're spending that time and effort. And, and you know, if you want to say money, if it's man hours or manpower, whatever, to get those rights you know uh, a lot of the twilight zone stuff is case by case it's not across the board you have this license you can take any actor you want and make a thing we're going to those people or those estates or what have you to to make sure that's the case so so we can do it because that's if it's if I, if we're going to do it and bring it out and make it this one time i want it to look like these guys yeah. um so so it's gratifying because we're taking the time to, you know, to do it. Again, I'm not trying to knock anything or anybody. I, I love that this stuff is out there and you have these options to get it or to not. But, um, you know, uh, even, even, the, even the, um, the Marvel Legends, you know, like the Captain America, like I'm, I'm bummed out that there isn't a Chris Evans, you know, Marvel Legends from the new Captain America movie. There's one that Walmart did, you know, that, that Hasbro did for Avengers – that even though he's wearing a mask, it looks like him. But for some reason, someone someone's got a, that same guy that is making the larger uh, Obi Wan heads for the Star Wars black figure. He's got a Chris Evans head that fits on there. Oh, okay, that's, that looks great. Well, that's good to know. Um, yeah, Geyer just got one of those and painted it. You know, like I said, I mean, I, I you know, I, I'll probably get those damn Firefly figures. You know, just because maybe, maybe I won't. I don't know. What I'm curious about is how this is going to go with the six-inch scale. Like when it's time for the six-inch Rocketeer, who's he going to? What's he going to look like? Uh, right. what, what What are they going to do? Or for these 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 bigger ones? Um, so, but it's not. We're getting a lot of really nice feedback with Twilight Zone, and don't want to say too much. But if you like what we're doing with the Twilight Zone, wait till you see what's coming next. Da da da. That's all I can say. Um, so that's it. We should wrap it up now before I say too much. All right. And spill the beans. <laughs> um, um, there you go. There's a good episode. 107. My favorite episode so far. Wow, that's your favorite. My favorite, yeah. I'm going to listen. Well, I, ha- I hope everyone enjoyed it because this one is Jason's My favorite. My favorite of all times. That's what I'm going to name this episode. Jason's favorite. Jason's favorite things of all times. It's the singing episode. <laughs> No, we're not doing that. We're saving that. Oh, singing sorry. for two hundred. Right. We're gonna do. Josh Whedon's gonna come in. That's and help right. Us write the singing episode. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna get ready. All right, everyone. Have a good week. Thank you very much. Keep listening. Keep sending us your feedback. Uh, keep chatting with us. We love. We love talking to you and, and chatting back. Oh, and you know what? Tell me. In honor of Casey Kasem. Oh. Keep your feet on the ground, and keep reaching for the stars, everybody. I was going to do a shaggy impersonation, but I changed my mind at the last second. Thanks. <laughs> appreciate it. All right, I appreciate fun. it. So does Casey. Of course he does, yes. All right, have a good week, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Shiny. Let's be bad guys.
adventure's deepest mystery.